Welcome to the Hui Māori Current Affairs for all New Zealanders. E nei. When her son had toothache, she never imagined he'd be dead just weeks later. I gave them a boy that was walking and talking and all he had was a toothache. What did I get back from that? Not fair. Bryce Rangita was whānau, share his story. You wouldn't want another whānau to go through what you've been through? No, never ever. Then, what's it like caring for a grandparent with dementia? Is it a challenge for you? Do you treat it as a job? As a job? Nah. I'm actually quite honoured and privileged to be here looking after Papa. We meet the mokupuna, showing Aotearoa how it's done. Bang, eh? It's good, mate. And we speak to Andrew Little about the new Māori Health Authority. Tahutimai. When 44-year-old Bryce Rangitawa told his whānau he was suffering from a toothache, they couldn't fathom the tragic events which would follow. In December 2020, Bryce sought help for a sore tooth and abscess, but less than a month later, he died from a suspected heart attack. His mother, Maria Brown, is sharing Bryce's story to encourage others to get the dental care they need. Kea John Boynton, Teneiru Ripuata. When Maria Brown visits Onehunga Beach, memories of her son Bryce Rangitawa come flooding back. Bryce was very, very special. He was caring, loving, strong, um, could make you feel like everything was all right, even if it wasn't. Bryce Rangitawa died from a heart attack in January 2021, just three weeks after seeking treatment for a sore tooth. 18 months on, Maria still struggles to make sense of the tragic events which unfolded. Did you ever feel that a toothache would lead to your son losing never, his life? Never, never, ever. It just doesn't make sense how it's all ended, you know, and what we had to go through. For Maria Brown, Christmas of 2020 was a happy time for her whānau, but it's when Bryce first started complaining of a sore tooth. Maria says Bryce had never had problems with his teeth in the past and didn't have a regular dentist. Christmas Day he mentioned it, and then he took some palm oil and it seemed to have gone away, he seemed to be okay with it, but then it came back. Struggling to find a dentist which was open, Maria and Bryce went to their local doctors for help. After three visits, Bryce was referred to Auckland Hospital. My main concern was he hadn't eaten, and then it got to the point where he couldn't even swallow. It just got from bad to worse. At Auckland Hospital, x-rays were taken, and it was determined Bryce had a right dental abscess and needed to have one tooth taken out. Bryce was then told to immediately book an appointment with a dentist to have this work carried out. He was then sent home from the hospital with pain relief and mouthwash. So when a whānau or someone, you know, feels that pain and can't afford to go to a dentist and they end up at an emergency department, realistically, what kind of 
treatment can they expect? You turn up at A&E, you're often seen by a doctor or a nurse who has little to no dental training. Um, so they're assessing for infection. Often we'll get some antibiotics to deal with the infection, some pain relief to get you through until the antibiotics start to work, but often doesn't resolve the long-term issues, and so people end up back at A&E again. After visiting Auckland Hospital, Maria had to find the $480 needed to have Bryce's work carried out. Both Maria and Bryce were beneficiaries, and this cost was a major barrier. Bryce had to go to work in income for a dental grant. The my my of embarrassment and shame of having to ask for help is, is difficult. And then there's just the barriers of trying to cope with life when you're um, living in a, in a low socioeconomic situation. Bryce secured the $480 dental grant and Maria was happy he was finally having his dental procedure. He got the tooth taken out, but when he came home, still very swollen, could barely talk still, but I think psychologically you, you think, great, my tooth's out and I'm going to get better. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. Just a week later, Bryce's condition deteriorated and he was referred to Middlemore Hospital. He underwent acute surgery for incision and drainage of a large abscess and to extract another tooth. He spent the night in intensive care, but Maria was able to see him the next day. I found him downstairs sucking on a smoothie through a straw because he was starving. He was thirsty, you know, but he'd been to surgery. His whole neck was bandaged and still limited in what he could say, but he was putting his thumbs up to me and saying, I'm okay. Over the next few days, doctors raised real concerns about Bryce's other health conditions, including diabetes, which he wasn't taking medication for. His elevated blood pressure and blood sugars were of major concern. But Maria says Bryce was active and up and about whenever she saw him at the hospital. I went up there every day, bar one day. He was never lying in bed like how you expect to see sick people. Now, I wish I never left his side. If you've got painful, sore, rotten teeth, it doesn't just affect what's going on in your mouth. It has associations with systemic diseases like coronary heart disease, diabetes, low birth weight babies. So there's a whole lot of other things that go with that disease. When was the last time you talked to Bryce? The last time I spoke to Bryce was the day before. Um, he'd given me a call. I'm coming home, Mum. Good, Bryce. Yeah. And then, then I got this phone call from the doctors saying my boy had gone. Maria says Bryce had been found collapsed on his bed and had died from a suspected heart attack just six days after going to hospital and less than a month after first complaining of a sore tooth. I just, yeah, I couldn't believe it. Um, it was just so heartbreaking, such shock. That's all I know. It was horrible. I gave them a boy that was walking and talking and 
and all he had was a toothache. What did I get back from that? Not fair. Sorry, but just not fair. After Bryce's death, Maria Brown filed a complaint with police and later the Health and Disability Commissioner. I told them I am not happy at all about what has happened here. In April this year, Maria received the Health and Disability Commissioner's findings into her complaint. In short, the report found clinicians could not have done anything more to prevent Bryce's death. I do think more could have been done for my Bryce, whether it be the doctors, the hospitals, or any people that need this type of help. People need to recognise and take these things, especially toothaches, seriously. Bryce's initial coronial autopsy report listed blocked heart arteries and sepsis as direct causes of death. The link to sepsis raised questions about whether Bryce's infection from his operation was managed appropriately. The county's Manukau District Health Board responded to the Health and Disability Commissioner, saying, while Bryce clearly had a wound infection that had been under treatment, in review of the care provided, there is a strong suggestion that the sepsis had largely resolved by the time of his death. However, the DHB notes that it is well known that sepsis in someone with cardiovascular disease can cause a heart attack in someone who is already at risk. Bryce's death is still before the coroner. Where do you go from here? So I think, you know, in all fairness, can I speak to you, the Commissioner of Health, please? Can you help me here a little bit to help me get that better understanding of what you're really saying? Because I, I just find it so hard to get my head around all of that. The debate around oral health care continues to be a burning issue in Aotearoa. Karen Turanga says adult dentistry needs to be more integrated into our primary healthcare system. If we could have better funding, particularly for low-income um, individuals, adults particularly, our children are well-serviced, but our adults have a real issue, and particularly with Māori and Pacifica, the inequities there are huge as well. If it goes on the way it's going, we're just getting a bigger and bigger avalanche of need. Maria is now working with a Māori liaison from the HDC to see if some finality can be reached over Bryce's passing. She wants to try and move on with the precious memories she has of her son. Here's a hard case thing. I don't normally have photos of people on my walls, but my beautiful niece gave me a photo of me and Bryce that was taken a few years ago. So every morning I get up, I have a coffee and I look over by my front door and there's me and my Bryce. Next, we look at what it's like to care for a kaumatua with dementia. Auraki mai anō. Around 70,000 people in Aotearoa live with dementia or mate wariwari, and this number is rapidly growing as our population ages. Now, one Hauraki-based mukupuna is demystifying what it's like to care for a kaumātua with mate wariwari, sharing their experiences on social media and gaining a following. Kea D'Angelo Martin ngā taipitopito. 
Tim Kingi and his mokopuna James. They've got a very special bond. They used to buy me some clothes over here. Oh, okay. <laughs> James is trying to jog his koro's memory, who five years ago was diagnosed with dementia. Out of the blue, sometimes he comes out with random things. Not whole sentences, it'll just be like a random word or something like. Or Buddha or Hill or something like that, you know. Those words and places are things Jim can sometimes still recall, but when it comes to remembering who his Mokopuna James is, it's a different story. I, I like to think that somewhere deep inside of me he still real recognizes who I am and maybe he doesn't recognise my face, but as the community on TikTok has pointed out, he they know this, they feel that he recognises by Wairua. Oi, you unlocked it, man, you bloody clever. That's how you've been getting out. Shush. James is Jim's main caregiver. A few months ago, he started a TikTok page to share their experiences. So a lot of times during the night, Papa can get up out of bed and take off, but Nan's usually there to cuddle him down to sleep. Posting videos on social media showing the ups and downs of living with dementia. I honestly started because we just wanted to capture all mean memories of our time with Papa. Moments turned into memories and memories uploaded online to a following of now over 75,000 people. Straight away on the first couple of videos, people were going, oh my God, I'm dealing with this sort of stuff, or blah, 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 blah. I love how you're caring for your grandfather, showing care, showing this, showing that. And the way it started a wider conversation about dementia. Yeah, yeah. Some people have approached me and been like, Oh, you know, thank you for what you're doing. I'm actually doing this at the moment and I've been a bit scared. I've been a bit quiet, you know. I, I've never talked about it to anyone. But watching your videos, I'm feeling more comfortable to open up and talk to people. The unique bond between James and his koro Jimmy has won the hearts of their followers. Yeah, no, we always try and stop them. They follow a bit of a machine wages. And is helping remove the stigma of dementia a condition faced by 70,000 people in Aotearoa. Walk around with an adult that should be looking after you, doing things that what a child or a baby does, and I think, you know, people feel a bit ashamed to deal with that out in public. It doesn't have to be that way. That's what we're out here trying to do, is to try and show that you can just live a normal life. Prior to Jim being diagnosed with dementia, he was a ringaropa a hard-working tradie for many years, and a tohunga or hiula at he korowai hauora or hauraki. He could just diagnose deep, deep problems, you know, like things that doctors need actual um, machines to pick up on. Papa could do that just by hovering his hand over them, and people used to just be amazed. They'd be like, what? Nine times out of ten, he could fix the pain, eh? Jimmy 
Tommy the healer is now cared for by his whānau in Thames. For Eddie Takingi, Jim's wife, the support of her family has been invaluable. Everyone has a duty care time. We share the cooking and then we all do the, the work. Mm. The worst thing in the house is the washing. Mm. <laughs> We but make it work. we make it, yeah. And James' partner, Sean Phillips, agrees. In, in terms of caring for someone with dementia, teamwork definitely makes the dream work. Needs to be a lot of communication, making sure everybody's on the same page. Jimmy's daughter, Misa Kingi, says providing around-the-clock care isn't easy. Not everybody can do it at home. So you don't put that expectation on yourself. We're just fortunate because we've just made that decision and they made the call to come and look after him and it takes a lot of work. Is it a challenge for you? Do you treat it as a job? As a job? Nah. I'm actually quite honoured and privileged to be here looking after Papa. No, I just see it as a bit of a giving back to those ones before me. Oh, I think this is to keep you in so you don't run away. It's cool, good, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>。For his older brother Koba, it's a hard reality to see his Taina in this state. Sad, sad, yeah, to anybody really. You know, don't want it on anybody really, eh? Cancer's another one. The puku puku, ooh, I had it. You get bell, bad, bell cancer. How long did you have your cancer for? 2007, I had my operation. 2007, he flew down to Christchurch, did all the healing, and I felt a big difference. Like a lot of people say, oh, lucky your brother was there. The Kingi Fano says there's no denying Jim's ability to heal those with chronic illnesses, but now it's time to return the favour. We always remember who he was, what sort of person he was, um, and that helps you care for him and give him the love and support that he needs. Being able to care for Jimmy at home can be tough on the kingi whanau, but James says the mahi is worth it and he wouldn't have it any other way. I appreciate him still being here. No, I love the fact that I can still touch him, I can still kiss him, I can still smell him. I can still hug him and everything, you know? That's me every morning, every night, too. When I wake up, I go and give him some cuddles and just embrace that he's here, you know? Hello, Jim Kingy. Hey, Jim Kingy. And it's just every morning, every night, you know, never fail. Eiti noa ana, nga te aroha, ki tō rātou koraua, ki a Jim Kingy. Rāwe, ākonei ka kōrero au ki te minita takihaura, kia Andrew Little.
On July the 1st, the new Māori Health Authority, Te Akafaiora, and Health New Zealand were officially launched. The restructure of our health services aims to improve health outcomes for New Zealanders and address inequity experienced by Māori in the health system. Hei matapaki i tēnei take, ko hono mai, te minita haora a Andrew Little. Tēnā koe. Tēnā koe. Kia ora. Well, we started off this show with a story around dental care, so can we just touch on that, Bryce? Rangitawa's death uh, may have been rare, but the circumstances surrounding it aren't, because a recent report by the Journal of the Royal Society of New Zealand found every part of our oral health system is stressed, long waiting lists, inconsistent collaboration across practitioners and inconsistent access. So for people like Bryce Rangitawa, it's, you know, it, it, the outcome is death for him. Is, is the dental health care system broken? I'm not sure that it's broken. I think it certainly can be improved. I think we, we put a lot, of, a lot of resources into dental care for children and adolescents, make sure that people kind of get that start. Um, although I acknowledge that as a consequence of COVID, we, there's a big backlog in catching up with some of that care. I think when it comes to adult dental care, um, look, we haven't had a lot of uh, support for that recently. In fact, in this year's budget, this government's increased the, the grant that is available to people, not just for beneficiaries, but for low-income people um, to get uh, urgent dental care, so $1,000 um, now for that. I think um, when I looked at Bryce's story, and it is tragic, and my, my heart goes out to his whānau, is that um, I think one of the other things that I expect the reformers to really work on is that general primary care. Um, and so that, uh, you know, um, people get all the various um, health issues they've got picked up as early as possible in their lives so that that can be part of their, their kind of known health profile. So whatever health service they're getting access to, um, all of the health profile is known. But even people on six figures can't afford to go to the dentist in this country. Is that because we've got a private system with no uh, public system, so you know you can charge what you want on that side? And it's a false economy because they turn up in the A&E. Yeah, as, as I said, we, we put a lot of resources into dental care for children and, and adolescents, um, less for adults. Um, if, if you've got uh, dental problems as a consequence of an accident, you'll get covered by ACC. But uh, for pretty much anything else, um, it's what the, the dental profession um, will charge you and if you, um, you know, if you make arrangements with them. I think, um, but as I say, I think uh, dental care stands alongside the rest of our health and our, our well-being, and we've got to make sure that our full health services, particularly primary but, but care, don't health we, services, but don't we as taxpayers rely on you guys to make arrangement with the private sector to regulate it in some way so that it's actually achievable and affordable? Because um, you know, yeah, of course, you have an accident, ACC covers you, but just things like uh, crowns and fillings and uh, you know, keeping your teeth clean. It's just unachievable for the, you know, I, I don't know how many, but I'd say, you know, the large majority of New Zealanders. Um, so that's, we, we provide uh, support for those who are on benefits and on low incomes. And, and we've expanded access to grants for that care in this year's budget. Um, but when we look at uh, all the health issues and health care that um, the state provides, uh, and the additional funding that we put into it, literally billions of dollars of extra that we put in over the last five years, 
Um, we, we're constantly gauging where is the next best place to put the next dollar. Um, and we've put some additional assistance into adult dental care for those on lower incomes. Um, but we certainly don't have a fully state-subsidised service, that is true. Do, do you think it's working? I know that it's successive governments, obviously. Do you think it's working, though, in child, child dental care? Um, you've got 60% of Māori, 70% of Pacifica, Tamariki, to, um, you know, with tooth decay by five years old. Is it time to bring back the school dental nurse? Um, yeah, I think certainly the last couple of years, the, the, the school dental services have struggled to keep up because we've had lockdowns and... You know, kids haven't been at school, the place where they would go to, to get their appointment. Um, so there was a big catch-up job going on in that respect. I know that uh, some of the, previously the DHBs put in place mobile dental vans. We're keen to fund um, a few more of those so that we can actually get out into communities to get that support um, even for kids. So look, that, that's an ongoing challenge that we are, have. Are they we being monopolised by richer areas government. though? Are they, you know, you know, because what, what happened, the school dental nurse was great because you just took your, your child walked across the court to the dental nurse. Now you've got to rely on parents who sometimes are working double shifts to get in a car to get to the school to take their kids to the dentist and the dentist sometimes isn't even in the rohe. Um, that, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't every school that had a dental nurse, so kids always had to travel, some kids always had to travel. I think the benefit of the mobile dental clinics is that they turn up at the school, mm. um, get through that bunch of kids, go on to the next one. That's the way that program is meant to work. It's fallen over a bit because, as I say, we had so many disruptions, particularly in the Auckland region in the last couple of years, that um, the whole bunch of kids didn't get the regular checkups that they should have got. Kapai, uh, we've just had the launch of the new uh, authorities last uh, week. So, yeah, tell me what the priority for the, the new Māori Health Authority is. Uh, well, they were very much said that, but I think the, the main thing is for them uh, to get their... Um, commissioning services up, that they will take responsibility for commissioning the Kaupapa Māori Health Services. But actually what they bring is not just the support for Kaupapa Māori Health Services, it's actually their involvement in all health services and the advocacy that they bring to make sure that the needs of Māori are elevated within the rest of the health system. When we look at some of the big challenges we've got that really affect Māori, things like rheumatic fever, actually the role that the Māori Health Authority will play um, will be will be hugely significant because we've we've got we've got to get we've got to get better traction in terms of dealing with that issue, which we know is an issue of poverty and afflicts um, people in in uh, isolated communities who struggle to get access to to basic health care. Um, we've got you know COVID cases at the moment up about you know over ten thousand a day. What is the advice that you're getting from your officials about what we should be expecting over the next couple of weeks months? Uh, they're still gauging what they think that the trajectory might be. It's pretty clear that we are now in the, sort of a, a second wind, if you like, of COVID infection. The numbers are going back up. I think um, one of the critical things is to make sure that, again, our hospital system isn't overwhelmed, and that's why we're seeing some hospitals, again, deferring the planned care so that beds are available. But also I know that um, both the Māori Health Authority and Health New Zealand are working to make sure that primary care is supported so that you know, people who are feeling really, really unwell don't all turn up to ED when they don't need to, but Kia can ora. get health care in their community. Kia ora and masks, of course. So tēnā koe, thank and you for masks, your time uh, today. Tēnā koe. Ko hikina te hui e hoama, no horomaira.
Nā te puna whakatongarewa te hui i tautoko.